Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to the second hour of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by EasyFirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And Cheryl, it keeps getting bigger. Yeah? Because, I mean, this week, we picked up 40 guns yesterday. We're picking up probably 100 guns a week. And they're just coming in the door, and it's just so great getting some nice uh, old guns and um, another machine gun. Yeah. Legal machine gun, guys. You know what? Legal machine gun. A lot of people don't know that word exists. Well, let's take a second and and talk about that. Um, Because a friend of mine just recently was saying, you know, I noticed on your site that you have both a full auto and a semi-auto version of the same kind of gun and I said yeah and and I wasn't sure what his question was but he he was like how do you how do you sell like I don't know if he was asking how do we as AZ firearms own a full auto or how do we sell a full auto but I realized that there's been so much confusion in the news lately about whether an AR-15 is like a weapon of war like people think it's full auto Right. And then other people think, well, there's all full autos have been completely outlawed and neither one of those things are the truth. So help clarify that. Dan, the gunsmith owner of AZ Firearms. Well, I'll try to clarify it, but that's probably about a seven hour conversation. True, true. There are certain uh, loopholes, not loopholes, but there are certain don't say uh, no, the word no, loophole. No, I know, I know what I said. <laughs> the I was politicians thinking, love wait, that word. I was thinking Leopold Scope. Oh, sure you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I yeah, was thinking yeah. of. Yeah, okay, go All with right. that. So anyway, in 1986, uh, they pretty well banned any current manufacturer of machine guns for public use. So uh, I'm a manufacturer. I can make a machine gun today, but I can only sell it to law enforcement uh, departments. So... That's kind of how it went. Back before 1986, I could make machine gun and sell it to the public. So that's how the laws changed. But, you know, to a machine gun, let's think about it. First of all, that's a gun that when you pull the trigger, it will fire until you let off the trigger. Mm-hmm. It's not semi-full automatic. Mm-hmm. It's not single shot. It's full auto machine gun is when you pull the trigger mm-hmm. and until you let off the trigger, it will fire unless it empties first. Okay. Right. So to buy one of those machine guns, it had to be made before 1986. Okay. Had to have been registered by the federal government. Okay. So a gun that was made before 86 that wasn't registered today is worthless because it can get you five years in prison or more. So we're talking about legal machine guns. These are guns that were registered before 86. You can buy them. Uh, what it takes to buy, you can walk into azfirearms.com on 215 East Western Avenue in Avondale, Arizona, and you can go in there right now, and we have some machine guns for sale. 
how it works is you would walk in the door and say, I'd like to buy that machine gun. And, and let's keep in mind that the cheapest machine gun out there today is around $6,000. Mm-hmm. The cheapest. Mm-hmm. Most of them average twenty thousand, thirty thousand. Mm-hmm. But you want to buy the basic, let's say a Mac Ten. You're going to pay about sixty five hundred dollars for it, mm-hmm. maybe seven thousand. So you walk in and say, "I want to buy this gun," and I say, "Okay, have you ever bought a gun before?" "Yes, we have." So you pass the background check. "Yes, we have." So okay, so we're going to have you fill out these forms. It takes a few minutes. You're going to have to go get fingerprinted by the FBI. You know, you can go to the local police department. And then you're also going to have to uh, get photo IDs that are current. Okay. So you're going to have to get a passport photo. Then you're going to uh, send that in to the ATF with a $200 uh, check for the tax. Okay. And you're going to... That's that tax stamp that everybody keeps right. talking about. Okay. Right. And you're going to wait about 9 to 12 months. Wow. Now, keep in mind, you're going to pay me first. Right. You're going to give me that $6,500. Right. Plus tax. Right. And you're going to wait about 9 to 12 months. Now, this is not a waiting period. No, it's this for them is, to do a background check. Yes, so they're doing checking, an extensive background check. They're going to they're gonna check everything they can about you, and, and they're pretty thorough about that. So then, so 9 to 12 months later, the paperwork comes approved. It comes to me, and I call you and say, come and pick up your gun. Mm-hmm. So you come and pick up the gun. We um, ask you at that time, you're going to fill out a 4473 and you have to go through all the questions again to make sure that you're current with all the, the regulations. Mm-hmm. And then we hand you the gun. Okay. Now, you're responsible for that gun. And uh, it's pretty um, serious. You've got to keep it locked. You know, it's not a regular, it's not a regulation, but you're responsible for that gun. If something were to happen, you could be in trouble for that. Absolutely. And you've, you know, so we hand you that gun. You have been vetted and background checked. Right. Right. And um, there are laws against misusing it already on the books. Right. So why this is even the slightest bit uh, gasp worthy or shocking to people really makes me scratch my head, you know. Because it's just a, a tool that is used for specific things. And, you know, the full auto, at this point, they're, they're, they're fun. That's what they're for. They're to go and they have are, a you know, good time I, with. And, you know, to preserve history and these kinds of things. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. What were well, you going to say? You're right. They are fun. And, and honestly, if, if there ever came a time to protect myself or my family, mm-hmm. the machines would stay in the closet. Yeah. It's I not would, the one I we would, choose, I right? Would, I'm not going to say what I would do, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't take a machine gun. Mm-hmm. I would want something that would be a little more accurate, a mm-hmm. little more controlling, mm-hmm. because they they are they can go they can go I crazy, mean, and it's not they're not, not going to go walk, crazy. No, they're not going to come out of the box and no, start shooting on their exactly. own. Exactly, but when but you fire them, there's they, a lot of firepower. They're yeah. hard to control, and you have to. And so we ju- like when we take people out shooting. We generally start them with, you know, one right. we'll do, we'll projectile, do. one bullet in the chamber, right? And right. then we, three, right? Yeah. And then we work our way up so they can get the sense of it. And, uh, but but my point is that, you know, when people just get like, how can you, and why would you, and those kinds of things, I'm like, you know, by the time somebody is um, fully background checked and vetted and everything else, 
you know, the government is given the seal of approval on the person. And then if you're worried they're going to do something bad, well, they're going to do something bad somehow, some way with something else. And there are laws already on the books. So right. it's it's just, I'm, I'm really glad that you've put some structure around that. Well, let's that. look at the main reason. Okay. I mean, there, besides being fun and history, I love the history of, of guns. And I have several machine guns that I've collected through the years. But let's look at it this way. In 1986, or 89, let's say, you could buy a Mac 10 full-auto machine gun. You had to go through the same paperwork, same everything. Okay. That's been since 1934, by the way. Okay. $200. Can you imagine a Thompson machine gun you could buy for about 40 50 bucks in 1934? Mm-hmm. The tax was 200 In 1934, do you know how much $200 was? It was a lot. It was a lot of money. But anyway... So back in 1989, let's say, uh, you could buy a Mac-10 for $289. Mm-hmm. Today, they're worth 6500 to $7,000. Mm. So let's talk about, you can have fun with it, you can invest in it. You, there's a lot of things you can do with a machine gun. So, and, and look at it this way, there are no more. I can make machine guns all day long, but I can't sell them to the public and never can sell them to the public. So there are no more. So if I have some machine guns, if somebody wants to buy my machine guns, they're going to have to pay mm-hmm. because I'm not going to just, I can't get any more. Right. So they keep going up and up and up. So um, it's a great investment. There are a lot of fun. There's a lot of history in there. And I, I tell you, I get more enjoyment taking people out to shoot mm-hmm. than I do shooting the guns myself. Mm-hmm. True. But you take, you know, especially take somebody that's, you know, a younger person that's never shot a gun before and you go through that step process where you're very careful with them. You have somebody at their side and you start them with a low round, you know, low count uh, magazine and work their way up there. You just see the light in their eyes. It's so much fun. And we've had several people that's never shot a gun before in their life and they would shoot other guns first that day, but go to the machine gun and just want to stay with the machine gun the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And another thing, too, it's expensive to shoot a machine gun. Oh, yeah, because why? Because ammunition's expensive. <laughs> right. I mean, I have I have some guns that cost thirty dollars a round to shoot. I yeah. didn't. I shouldn't have told you that. Yeah. Should I? Oh, I knew. I knew. I sometimes I let you think I don't That's know. Thirty dollars. But trust me, boom, babe. boom, 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 boom. That's, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, you know what? I'm so glad that you, uh, you know, took that time and and kind of broke that down a little bit because there is so much confusion out there, and then you get this guy on the news who just his presence on the news gives him a a sense or an air of authority that people would want to believe and then he uses this ridiculous phrase that he shoots a couple of um shoots a couple of rounds out of a semi-automatic ar-15 and then he goes okay now i'm gonna go full semi-auto which there's no quote me there is no such thing oh yes there is he just made it yeah, but there's really no such thing. Actually, don't quote me. Don't believe me. Go research it yourself. But you know what? There's this this story I wanted to talk about real quick before we have to run to commercial. Um, here in Arizona, you know, in the Tucson area, we've got, uh, well, actually in different parts of the state, it, it's bear season, right? The bears are starting to come out of hibernation and We've really got to start being aware as we go out hiking and enjoying our beautiful weather that, um, you know, there, it's black bear season and we really got to be careful about that. Barely that. makes the news. It's <laughs> nice. But I was reading the article 
And something struck me as kind of funny at the, at the bottom of the article. Why don't, why don't you read that last sentence there, Dan? It says, bears are classified as big game animals in Arizona and are protected by state law. It is unlawful to feed wildlife, including bears, in Pima, Pinal, and Cochise counties. Violations can result in fines ranging from $300 in Pima and Pinal county, uh, counties to $2,500 in Cochise County. So don't feed the bears, right? Right. But if you're out walking around. Right. I'm just walking around minding my own business. And one of these bears eats you. Oh, my gosh. So technically, could you get fined for having fed the bears? I just. I, you could. So I'm just I'm just saying, just be careful because you do not want to get fined for feeding the bears because one ate you. I, you know, I've never seen a bear in the wild. <laughs> You didn't even laugh at my joke. I liked your joke. <laughs> I laughed. I laughed. I laughed. I laughed inside for you. You laughed inside where it but really right. counts. So technically you could be fine. You, you give him your right arm. He eats it. Uh, halt. Stop. You're feeding the bears. I don't oh know. Oh, my they gosh. Might, they might not fine you for that. I bet they would. All right. If they did it. It, it'd barely be enough uh, to worry about. Ha, ha, ha. But I'm no, here no, all week. No, no. I'm here all week. You didn't even laugh at mine. No, anyway, was, I'm moving along. Funny. It's time for some commercials. But uh, stick around. We've got two awesome guests still on their way. Um, we weren't able to connect with Diamond and Silk today. They just freshly were put in the news yesterday because of um, Ted Cruz talking with uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg on the Hill. And I think they just got slammed uh, with, um, mm-hmm. you know, they just got super busy. So we're going to try to get them back on. But on the other side of this break, we are going to be with author Liz Lazarus. So stick around. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband 
husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. And Cheryl sometimes cracks a joke. (laughs) And Danny fails to laugh at it. I'm going to remember that next time you tell your alphabet joke. Oh, (laughs) that one. I can't tell that right now, can I? You better, because now everybody's wondering. I don't know how to say it right. It says, okay, um... No, I know I all 25 letters. I forget why. Yeah. Something. All right. It's dad jokes. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. No more jokes on today's show. That's it. We're on joke probation. <laughs> all right. At least Ed's laughing. Okay. It is funny. It's a dad <laughs> joke, but it's funny. <laughs> we are excited to bring on Liz Lazarus. She is the author of two now psychological legal thrillers free of malice and the soon to be released plea for justice as i said they are both uh psychological legal thrillers and we are excited to talk with liz today about the much anticipated upcoming release date for plea for justice welcome to the show Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, Miss Liz, thank you so much. I don't know if you could hear that nonsense, but... Uh... Oh, I, I loved it. I was like, can I laugh on radio? <laughs> oh, I need to stay quiet. <laughs> goodness gracious. We are a very serious show, so... Very, very. Good. Yeah, yeah, clearly not. But we are seriously excited to talk with you and find out about your latest book. I'm sitting here in my hot little hands, uh, your previous book, your first book, Free of Malice. And I cannot wait until I get to see the new one, Plea for Justice. So let's talk about that today. Yeah, absolutely. Um where do you want to start? Well, <laughs> We've got two children coming to the world, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So what inspired you to write the first book? And and was it uh, the, the Free of Malice? Was Did you feel like, I'm going to write a series, like I'm going to just keep going? Or or did you think, I just have this one book inside of me and I can't wait to, to get it out there? Yeah, it was the latter. I had the one book inside of me, which I had put off for years mm-hmm. it's done everything else I could think of on my bucket list mm-hmm. and uh, it just wouldn't leave me alone so um, I finally said okay I'm, I'm gonna write this thing um, and it's fiction but it was based on a real story and that's what inspired it I was uh, in in, high, in uh, college at Georgia Tech and uh, a guy broke into my house in the middle of the night I uh, tried to rape me I was super lucky mm. I was able to fight him off mm. But um, afterward, I started to journal to kind of get it out of my system, not thinking I was writing a book. I was just journaling. Um, And what really triggered the idea to write the book was I had said to my brother-in-law, if I'd done a gun, I would have shot the guy when he was leaving. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, you know, the way you described it, he was retreating off your property. You would have shot him in the back. I don't think that would have been Mm self-defense. And um, that's what really piqued my curiosity of, okay, where's that line between self-defense and vigilanteism? Absolutely. Um, So that's... 
that's what sparked the book, never intending to write a second one. I was going to be one and done and get back to all the other things I was doing. So uh, Sleep for Justice was, well, was and really you, from reader feedback, yeah. Right, and, you know, when you were even writing Free of Malice, did you understand that it was going to become kind of a an educational uh, journey for your readers to be able to stop and go, well, now, oh, now let me think about this a different way and, and maybe prompt them to do some of their own research about, well, how is this in my state for self-defense and that sort of thing? That, I found it to be educational. So when I was learning things, that's what I was writing about. And I think it's one of the best compliments I've received is that the book is entertaining. It's a whodunit, but also educational. And first in the rules of self-defense, because I was naive, I, I thought I could shoot this guy in the back off my property and I'd be the hero, not realizing I'd be taken in, questioned, probably denied bond, gone, you know, be taken through a huge legal process, which the outcome really depended on how sympathetic was the jury and how good was my lawyer. And mm. the other piece I learned about was I had a gun at the time. I'd gotten one not long after the attack. But when I um, stopped dating the guy that I fought it with, I, I stopped practicing. So I learned in my in kind of my investigation for my character, she learns to shoot, that I needed to kind of get back in practice. And that's when I, I joined the Well-Armed Women and, and really became a more responsible gun owner. Wow, that's so phenomenal. It was, it was blessing in disguise for me to, to kind of step up my game and my gun ownership um, from, from doing the research for the book. Liz, welcome to the show. This is Dan. I, I just read the back of your book. I'm not much of a reader, as you can probably <laughs> tell the way I talk. But I, I read the, the back of the book, and I have to read this book now. I'm going to read it because it said in here that uh, as he was leaving, he said he was going to return. Mm-hmm. And then, so if I was a juror and I heard that and you shot at somebody in their back, I think I would say, well, he said he was coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, why, why you shouldn't you be able to defend yourself? That's a great point. That is a great point, and I, it, it stirs a lot of debate when first people wondering who the bad guy is because there's a couple suspects, but also I've heard everything from you had every right to shoot him to, oh, no, you were absolutely in the wrong. So it's, I think it spurs great debate on what are the rules, what are the laws, and more importantly, just to make people think about it before, God forbid, that situation happened to them. Absolutely. He's, he said he was, I mean, he was qualified. He did it. So and said he's coming back. So you would think that was a credible threat, right? They could say, "Well, that was hearsay." Wow. Like where it's a he said, or he can't now. say now because you shot him. Now <laughs> you know, I have to read said. the book. Where am I going to find time to do that? Oh, you're going to have to because <laughs> you are going to then want to read "Plea for Justice." And so, is this a sequel? Is it standalone? Can you tell us about the plot? Like, what can you divulge to us? Sure. Well, it, so it's not a sequel. I, I kind of, once I'm done with the characters, I'm kind of done with them. So for Laura and Thomas in the first book, I, I was ready to put them to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't going to write a second book. It was, the first one was based on a true story. And that was just, you know, a calling for me. But what changed my mind were the reviews. So many of the reviews that can't wait for Liz's next book, mm-hmm. um, which is a high compliment, not one I expected. Mm-hmm. So I started to think, well, you know, what are the elements I like to write about? And I, I like thrillers. I like the, the criminal defense piece of it, the, the legal piece of it. I like a bit of gun education. I like a strong female protagonist. So as I started to put those elements together, the uh, the plot came to me pretty quickly. Uh, 
and being an engineer by background, I always do my outline. I color code my outline. <laughs> I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. it's a really methodical process for me. But the uh, the plot's about a paralegal named Jackie, and she's best friends with this guy named Aaron in high school. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of the cool jock, and she's the introverted geek. But they're friends on the down low. Mm-hmm. And uh, after high school, he just drops her. No word, no explanation. Mm-hmm. Really hurts her feelings because mm-hmm. he was her best friend. Ten years later, she's off now being a paralegal at a law firm, and he is arrested for killing a girl. Mm. And he's dubbed uh, the Snapchat killer because he posted, allegedly, pictures and video of this girl before he killed her. Mm. So Aaron is arrested. Instead of taking or going to trial, he takes a plea deal and is sent to prison and reaches out to Jackie from prison to help prove he's innocent. Ooh, and, or uh, is he? the first book. Dun, dun, oh, yeah, dun. exactly. Right. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> like the first book where it's told just from Laura's point of view. This one's told from Jackie's point of view and also from me. Me's the killer, but you don't know if that's Aaron or if, some, if it's somebody else. Oh, wow. I've got goosebumps. I can't wait. Okay. So I also, from our conversations, understand that the main character, Jackie, she goes through the process of getting her carry permit. She selects her gun uh, and her holster and goes through this training. And I just wonder, like, were you, like, taking personal notes as you were going through that same kind of journey? Or where did that come from? I absolutely was. It was such a win for me because as I was going through that process for myself, personally, I was able to write about it. Um, So I was to the point before I wrote this book where I, I had my gun at home. Um, but I didn't carry. I wanted to. So mm-hmm. I was going through the process where I took training. Um, I chose which gun. Unlike the first book where I maybe chose between two, this one I did it the right way. And I tried out about 10 before I picked my SIG. Mm-hmm. So all the steps that I took um, with the, the gun and the holster and the classes and the training, um, I wrote about. So it was a real win for me that I got to well, to write about it as so, I was doing it myself. So important and I think encouraging to, to kind of give people a, at least a mental uh, processing through it before they kind of dive in for themselves because it can be overwhelming. Like, I don't know what gun. I don't know where even on my body I want to carry it or do I want to off-body carry in my purse, you know, all these different kinds of things. So I think that is really exciting that you um, included that. So this next question, I'm just kind of curious about. When we were at SHOT Show together in January, you mentioned there's a character named um, Todd. And since Todd's our last name, I, I, my ears perked up. And uh, I just wanted to ask you, what, what, what's about this Todd guy? How, how did that happen? <laughs> that is for you. So oh, it wasn't a coincidence. <laughs> no, no, that is for, for you and Dan. Um, so exciting. Well, yeah, well, first disclaimer, I mean, nothing like either one of you. I just pick names from people that I like, admire, I want to send a little tribute to. So You're this so next sweet. book is just chock full of names of people that I wanted just to give a little nod to. So Todd is um, Aaron's, stepfa- or Aaron's stepfather um, in the book. So um, it's not a huge role, but... Um, it's you know just a little nod to you i've well, it's very got some very other names kind. in there carrie That's and cool. cam and you know, some other folks from the uh the firearms world that i wanted to give a nod to oh i love it you're so sweet thank you and we are almost out of time but 
One thing is I want to tell folks that we're going to be joining with you and do like a, maybe a Facebook Live or some kind of a video later this month and do a giveaway of the new book. And so uh, stay tuned for more details on that on our Facebook page, uh, Gun Freedom Radio Facebook page. And before we have to run away, please tell people how they can follow your work buy your books and um, stay on tap on top of the giveaway oh absolutely so my website is lizlazarus.com so l-i-z-l-a-z-a-r-u-s.com it's got links to the to both books um, they are both on amazon and barnes and noble either ebook or paperback and pre-orders are up for plea for justice it won't launch till may 1st but um, you can go ahead and get a pre-order copy even today Awesome, which I'm going to do as soon as I get off the show today. So, <laughs> Liz <laughs> Lazarus, thank you so much for being on. And I look forward to our giveaway event coming up later this month. I do as well. And thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Bye bye now. Okay. Mm-hmm. We have our daughter, right? Our very own daughter, Cassie Todd Jameson coming on right after this break. She uh, is a contributor to Women's Outdoor News and she wrote a blog about this legal age limit issue. Should it be 21? Should it be 18? What, What does a millennial think about all of that? Stick around. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we are excited today to bring on, back on actually, the show, our daughter, Cassie Todd Jameson. Now, Cassie is a contributor to Women's Outdoor News. She's the manager of Pot of Gold Auctions. She is the social media director 
for AZ Firearms, Pot of Gold Auctions, and Gun Freedom Radio. And she also somehow figures out time to be a wife and a mom and a friend. And I'm just, <laughs> we're just really proud of uh, the young woman that Cassie is. And she recently published an article in Women's Outdoor News talking about this legal age limit issue. So from a millennial's point of view, it should it be 21? Should it be 18? Like what's going on that you start getting some abilities when you're 16? Like we just want to break this down and talk with a bona fide millennial. And she loves that term. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not. Uh, welcome to the show, Cassie. You. Hello. Hello. Hello, Kathy. So Hello. we, you know, this thing in the women's outdoor news, it's it's an op-ed, right? It's an opinion piece, and so we want to talk to you about your opinion. So, what do you think about all of this? Um, you know, there's these different ages where you're like sort of doled out these little pieces of adulthood, right? Right. Well, honestly, to be completely honest, I was a little nervous to write this one because it's the first one that's really my opinion. Right. So it could I be controversial, know. right? Yeah. You're like, mm, yeah. we'll let mom and dad do take you, those things. Do you, have, do you sometimes <laughs> right? have trouble uh, doing setting I, your opinion? Yeah, no. Not to you <laughs> and mom. <laughs> <sighs> um, well, so for me, this has just been something that I've always kind of struggled with mm-hmm. in the sense of, so at 16, you get to drive and you're given out certain level of responsibilities, which I think is good. You're, you're slowly handed responsibilities, I think is a good thing. Okay. Uh, but then you turn 18 and, you know, for all anybody has to say at 18, you're an adult. Right. But I don't really think you are an adult. I kind of say, I said in my article, you're adult-ish mm-hmm. um, because you can buy property. Okay. You can buy cigarettes. Mm-hmm. You can um, get married. Get married. Like, I did at eighteen. Like I did at age, <laughs> and I did at twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have other rules that you can't do. So you can't drink. Okay. You can't gamble in some states. That's a little different in some areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't own a handgun. Hmm. So this has always been something that is just kind of wacky in my mind. So you're an adult. You can you can go in the military. You can fight for our country, but you can't have a beer. Yeah. Uh, you can own a long gun, but you can't own a handgun. Why? Yeah. <laughs> so the, the logic train been, lo- re- leaves the tracks, right? Yeah. So it's not as much as like I don't want to be the opinion on if eighteen-year-olds should have all of those rules or not. I'm I'm not claiming that I know the right answer to that at all. Okay. I just think. At 18, if we are considered adults, then we're considered adults. And I think that gambling and drinking and handguns, not all at the same time, maybe, <laughs> but all of those things Good point. should be given to you because you're an adult. So you're and basically so saying 18, pick, pick a side, right? Pick right. one and make it consistent. Exactly. So it's either 18 or it's 21. And pick it and let's just make everything that so that there aren't these gray areas and like I I just 
I don't understand that. So it's something I just don't understand. And so then when they recently started talking about raising the age limit to purchase long guns to 21, Mm -hmm. that's when I kind of got fired up about it because I just looked at my own example, um, which if you read the article or are going to read the article, there's some spoilers in there. (laughs) But I was was married at age 20, as you guys know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I couldn't drink at my own wedding. Right. But I could own property. We were shopping for a house, Jason, my husband, and I. And all these other things that go along with being an adult. But I still couldn't drink, and I still couldn't own a handgun. Right. In my own home. Right. I mean, Jason could because he's older, mm-hmm. but I can't. And so we're supposed to be equals at this point, too, because mm-hmm. we're married. Good point. And then he has these these responsibilities he's allowed right and, he's not um, your guardian he's your husband right. right right exactly so i've got these you know i'm not fully an adult yet in the eyes of the government and but can, i'm yeah and you own property but so if they change the age to 21 and we go okay let's be consistent it's all 21 so um but you've already bought your property before they change the rule you can't defend your own property with a firearm because there's this randomness, right? right? And you cannot yeah. you cannot protect yourself. Right. Until you're 21. Right. What are you supposed to be doing the rest of that time? They're going to start supplying law enforcement exactly. officers to everybody under 21. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> so um, I'm sorry I jumped right in there and, and got you off your train of thought. But, um, but your article is so well written. And it's in the Thank Women's you. Outdoor News, which is womensoutdoornews.com. And you can just search it by Cassie's name. Um, or the flame, which is really it's my my column. What what do you? And I've taken over your last two articles. So what's up with that? <laughs> I know I don't know. If hey, I'm... hey 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 hey! Both of you, stop it right now. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> family fight. Yeah. Family fight. No, I don't know if I'm. Uh, I feel like you're hijacking my site, or if I'm like, no, it's. Uh, I love painting this fence, Cassie. So here you yeah. keep on writing. Well, the last one was supposed to be together. We were supposed to write it together, <laughs> and then I wrote my part, and you're like, oh no, it's good. It really not going to write my part. No, it really was good. And that (laughs) one was the millennials um, perspective on the shot show in Las Vegas. And just kind of like, you know, so from your perspective, what, you know, what new products, what new features did you see as, um, you know, what drew your eye? And I think that is super important for anybody that's in the firearms business or in marketing or that sort of thing. But um, so you're not willing, getting back to the millennials take on age limits and being considered an adult, you're not willing yet to go out on a limb and say, if it was Cassie Todd Jameson's world, I would say. And that's really hard because I just, I think that it's going to be hard to land on a number if if we're going to land on a number because I went to high school. Mm-hmm. I was in school with 18-year-olds mm-hmm. <laughs> and 17-year-olds and 16-year-olds, and I had friends that were more mature or less mature. Um, and I really do think it comes down to each individual, but I also think it comes down to we have to pick the number, and the number needs to be consistent mm-hmm. because there's all these things that allow you to do certain things based off of a number. Well, and But then there's this little number that's lingering out there that gives you more responsibilities. And we, I just think it's bizarre. But And we all know people of every age that mm-hmm. is, you know, maybe not mature enough or shouldn't have a firearm or 
you know, they can't handle the responsibility of owning a home and raising a family. Like we can point to, so how would we ever pick an age and feel like this is the perfect time to give somebody all of their God-given rights? Well, I'm going to agree with Cassie on this one. And I think that anytime when the government says this is where you have your rights, Mm -hmm. this, let's say it's 18. Mm -hmm. If that's it, there is no 18, but some 21. It's one or the other. And let's stick with that because that's when you're held accountable. Yeah. When you're 18 years old. And I old. really, I mean, I think 18 kind of has to be the number just because that is about the age people graduate from high school and mm-hmm. are supposed to leave the nest mm-hmm. and go and be adults. Mm-hmm. And you can't go leave the nest if you can't buy property. And you can't go leave the nest if you're not an adult. So I think if we made it 21, it almost puts people in that I'm a child category for too long mm-hmm. that they don't have those like the time period where they become an adult maybe the number's 20 I don't know I, mm-hmm. I mean I don't want to pick the number I, I'm not an elected official or anything like that mm-hmm. but I just think it needs to be consistent but you know and what I you think are it's confusing Cassie mm-hmm. you know what you are you're an 18 year old voter Mm. So you that do too. have you thing. do have say, and if you can, whatever right. age you can vote at is when you have the responsibility. And in my opinion, that's when all your responsibilities are there. There should be nothing that you couldn't have at eighteen that you can have when you're twenty-one. Hmm. That's an and that's a, point. that's one of the points I talk about in the article that I forgot earlier. But that's a I think that's a great point, and you can do a lot of damage with your ability to vote or not vote. Hey. You know, it's it's important to vote and get educated with that. And so there's there's a lot to be said. And I think it's just I think it's just the conversation that needs to be had. Not should the long gun law go up to 21. I think the conversation should be at what age are we adults where we get all the repercussions of being an adult and all of the great responsibilities of being an adult and the benefits of being an adult. So. That's, I just think that's the conversation that people should be having. Well, I could not agree with you more. And the sentence or two that you end your article with, I think kind of wraps everything else back up. Because if the reason that people are wanting to change the laws for when, what age you can own a firearm, if their reason is because they think that people are going to do the wrong thing with their rights and their freedom, then... You know, they're, they're basically saying that, that, well, okay, we're afraid that somebody's going to go and kill people. They're too young, so they're going to end up killing people. And, uh, you know, I don't want to steal your thunder, but you're basically saying, you know, well, murder is still illegal. So we've covered that, right? Right. No matter what tool or weapon you decide to use to murder, it, the bottom line is it's still illegal to murder people. Amen. And so, just enforce the laws that we have on the books already. Right. But but consistency is the key. Correct. Right. Well, thank you so much. I know that um, we usually get to have you in the studio when we bring you on, but things are so fortunately busy at the shop. Correct. So yes. uh, just tell people real quick before we have to run with all the different hats you wear, social media director, manager of the auction house, how do people follow the work that you do? So first of all, you've talked about it a little bit through the show, but azfirearms.com, mm-hmm. our gun shop. You mm-hmm. can find us on most 
uh, social media handles at AZ Firearms, or just AZ Firearms, sorry. Mm-hmm. And then potofgoldestate.com for the auction. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find us at P, uh, Pot of Gold Auctions or POG Auctions, depending on the, the platform you're using. Mm-hmm. And our next auction is April 17th. Our awesome. auctions are the first and third Tuesday of the month. We always have antiques, jewelry, coins, firearms, and everything in between. And then, of course, Gun Freedom Radio. Follow us on Instagram awesome. and Twitter and Facebook. Fantastic. <laughs> and find her articles that I think uh, there's going to be many, many more of oh, on... <laughs> on Women's Outdoor News. Yes, dot com. And they're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and womensoutdoornews.com. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Cassie. We really appreciate you uh, carving out a little bit of time because this is an important topic and one that deserves people to at least engage their mind in, in considering the consistency angle. So appreciate it. Very well, proud of you. Thanks. See you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for having me on. Love you guys. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Okay, well, stick around because on the other side of this commercial break, we have not only a responsibly armed citizen report, we have Dan's commentary. Mm, Not a rant. Kind of rant. Not a rant. Kind of rant. Not a rant. Little rant. (laughs) Commentary. Rant. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is in Old Town Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. For straight shooting, look to the biggest little gun shop in the West, azfirearms.com, where they have everything you need to be a safe and responsible gun owner, huge selection, and a friendly and knowledgeable staff. They're my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours, too. And when you go, tell them old Don Collier sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. Well, this is the part of the show that I am so glad we, um, we take time to do because we are able to bring you news stories that about self-defense that you're not going to hear on the what they call the mainstream media and we are excited to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio. Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice and the American way. So responsibly armed citizens use guns 2 and a half million times a year for self-defense. 
and 200,000 times a year, a woman prevents a sexual assault because she was armed. Somehow we don't hear those stories on network news, but we are, as I said, proud to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio. And today I want you to just take a deep breath. I want you to just imagine for a moment you're coming home from work after a long day. You work the late shift, so it's 3 a.m. as you pull into your driveway. It's dark. It's quiet outside, and most of your neighbors have long since snuggled into bed and drifted off to sleep. There's nothing special about today. There's no signs that your life is about to be changed forever. Nothing to alert you that danger, danger, and two of his friends are lurking nearby. They're waiting for you to Turn off your headlights, open your car door, and step headlong into their evil plans. This is the scene that played out for one woman in Texas just this very week. Alone in the dark, her eyes likely not yet adjusted to the dim light, her mind distracted with the thoughts of the day, her hands likely full of the kinds of things that we carry into the house with us, keys, phone, purse, lunchbox. Danger is a planner and he looks for these very moments to strike. Danger often comes in packs and on this night he has brought helpers. When people say that we should just call the police if we have an emergency, clearly have never come face to face with the immediacy of danger's attacks and thankfully Oh, thankfully, this woman was savvy enough to know that she is her own first responder and was able to ward off three masked men in the middle of the night to save her own life and that of her elderly mothers because she is a responsibly armed citizen. People in a Southwest Houston neighborhood are on high alert after one of their neighbors was attacked and beaten outside of her home. They also robbed her and left her with a broken jaw. Channel 2's Kathy Hernandez joins us live from the home on Montverde and Ainsworth Drive with concerns from neighbors. Kathy? Good morning, police tell us the three men involved are still on the run this morning after they ambushed the woman right here in her own driveway. Her family now too scared to talk to our cameras. Police had said earlier they didn't believe it was a random crime. Still longtime residents are worried. Yeah, good. Miss Tran walks her dog every morning, alarmed to hear about a brutal attack along her route, a route she thought was safe. Don't, don't see nothing here. It's quiet here. Police say a 52-year-old woman pulled into her driveway on Mont Verde and Chadbrook just before 3 this morning. They say three men wearing masks and carrying guns attacked her. Police say they demanded money, grabbed her by the neck, and tried to get inside the house. In the meantime, her elderly mother called police. She was able to get inside the house. At that point, the males apparently kicked the window in, tried to get in the house. Uh, the uh, original female obtained a pistol. She ran out and started shooting at the suspects. The suspect jumped in the car and left. It's always real quiet. We don't get very little traffic. You know, it's, it's about nothing. Uh, something like that happening is a... Uh, it's pretty unusual. 
and that man didn't want to show his face since the three men are still on the loose this morning. Police say they didn't know if any of those men had been shot. As for the woman, she had a broken jaw and she went to the hospital and is expected to be okay. If you know anything about this violent crime, please call Crime Stoppers. Reporting live in Southwest Houston, Kathy Hernandez, KPRC, Channel 2 News. But they called the police. Why weren't they there? Well, I mean, I, I love the police I, yes. and I, and we need them and yes. I think they do a great job. We have 100% respect for uh, law uh, enforcement. Yes. However, they can't be there. It takes, you know, it takes you 30 seconds to a minute to make the phone call mm-hmm. to connect to 911. 911 has to connect you to the police mm-hmm. and then the police have to respond. Give it even in a best situation. If he's across the street, it still takes another minute. That's and then meanwhile, you got your broken jaw. Thing. Yeah. You got the. You, and they they had guns. Yeah. So um, please understand that for you, the anti-right restrictors out there. Mm-hmm. Please understand that. Yeah. We it's have about, a right to protect ourselves. We do. It's about being an immediate responder, right? right? We respond respond in the immediacy, and then the first responders follow from there to to help save and protect lives. That's so so important. Well, what else is important is we need what to. Else? What else? Yeah, that's what our granddaughter says. We want to hear from Dan about his commentary. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. I'm going to use our theme today, arrogance and intelligence, and reference some of the city leaders in Tucson as one of the other. Mm-hmm. Don't normally like to call names, so I'm not. I'm just going to say one or the other. Okay. The city of Tucson council members have violated state statutes by stri- destroying seized firearms. According to an article from KTR on April 10th, 2018, 4,820 firearms were destroyed by the direction of the city council in Tucson. Mm. Do the math. Mm. 4,820 guns, average of $250 a piece, and you get $1,000,000. $205,000. Whoa. Okay. So that is a they, hunk of money right, right there. Also, by violating the same state statutes, the city could be fined thousands and thousands of dollars. Wow. The mayor, Jonathan Rothschild, said, and I quote, the revenue rec- we would receive from these sales does not overweigh the risk of putting those weapons back into the street. He also goes on by saying several states and a number of cities are allowed to lawfully destroy firearms that have been lawfully forfeited as a result of a crime and that public policy makes so much more sense than Arizona's, unquote. <laughs> you know, so because others can do it. Yeah. So that means I could open a casino in Arizona, right? Um, I could. Okay. Because you can do it in another state. Right. Right. So. Whatever happened to that if your friend jumped off of. Right. <laughs> So just because Bridge, would you you know, they're legis- they are city council members, they have a, the power to change the laws, but change the law, don't break the law. Yeah. So let's hold our leaders accountable and make them follow the law like they expect us to do. Whoa, you and James. Yeah, uh, he, he's mad right now. Is he mad? This, this really wasn't a commentary. This was a rant. I noticed that. He didn't well, seem calm at all. I'm not calm because it's not right. I mean, you know, you think about city council. Oh, you've you've got something in the front of your store, and you have to remove that, or we're going to fine you a million dollars. 
Mm-hmm. But then yet they can break a law that's a state law mm-hmm. that they reside under. And because other states do it, it's okay. It's like, I don't, I don't know if this is a phrase or anything. It's I'd like have to arrogance. go and Google it. It is arrogance. But I'm also thinking it's like the economy of tyranny. Like they can just decide something that affects people financially and and just go with it. And we are still obligated as taxpayers to just continue to, to follow their rules and they don't even have to follow right. the rules. And I, if I, as I understand, Tucson has some financial problems right now. Yes, they're in really difficult million financial situation. A million dollars they threw in the garbage. We're, just garbage. I'm hearing you. Garbage? Did you say garbage? I said trash. <laughs> garbage. Well, when you break yes. it down... I mean, and that's an average of two hundred fifty. Right. Some of those guns may only have been worth a hundred, but I'm sure there were some several that were could be in the thousands. So I know we have to wrap up um, and do our closer, but on that point, we just recently saw. I don't know if I showed this to you or not, but I was on Instagram and I haven't shared it yet. But a gentleman was showing that you know in one of these buyback programs, I think it was in New York, somebody had taken a two by four piece of wood stuck a, a barrel, a, a long gun barrel, like a rifle barrel, in in the wood, called it a rifle, and sold it in the buyback program for, I think, long guns they were giving 100 bucks for. And so this is the, the idiocy of some of this kind of misuse of taxpayer dollars, buying back this firearm that's a two-by-four with a rifle barrel stuck in it. And my friend that posted it said, yeah, I, I, um, if I was that guy, I would then take the money and I would donate it to the second amendment foundation or the NRA or buy another gun or buy another gun. You know, I'm wondering that two by four, you you stopped me at that. Did the two by four have the warning from the state of California that it could cause cancer? (laughs) Did it? it? Because if it didn't, it's illegal right there. That's probably a, there's so many regulations broken right there. Okay. We got to go until next time. First, I want to thank our guests. I want to thank our tech crew. I want to thank our listeners. What we do here um, couldn't be done and and would have no meaning without all of you. So I want to thank Cheryl thank for you. her hard work. Well, thank And I want to thank Dan for his hard work and laughing at my jokes in the future. When I make a joke, you have to laugh. I laughed yesterday. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Until next time, pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. All of them. Yeah, yeah, all of them. Even the ones you don't like. Okay. Especially the ones. To, uh, you know, you I can pray like. to give them guidance. Okay. Guidance. Just pray, we need to, just you know. pray for them okay. and right. be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advance beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since, evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. 
And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free.